And we shall start recording once Mike has stopped playing with his phone. I'm checking trivia. Are you I'm done? Doing, I'm doing my Are job. you done with your phone? Are you done with your phone? Is that on silent? Or you put it into flight mode? Once it's into flight mode, I don't want to hear it buzzing. Come on. We're meant to be professionals here. You're worse than Derek. Yeah. Airplane mode. Well hey. done. Excellent. Oh. Okay, we can start now. Right, are we done? <laughs> Good. Excellent, then we shall begin. Thank you. The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Welcome to Sunday Afternoon Cinema, even though it's Saturday. Yes, um, don't come to us for consistency, folks. You just won't find it in this in this little job. Especially with our recording schedule recently. But, you know, it's not been too bad, to be fair. I mean, we've, we've kept... I mean, we may not have been regular, but we've kept up, I think. True, true. And as you can hear, we're not doing this through Skype for once. We're doing this in the same room again, which is... Yes, all ladies and gentlemen, we are live. We are actually in the same room, so... You know, if I whip my penis out, Michael will have to watch it. Um, so Why anyway, would you? I don't know. It seems like a fun thing to do. Anyway, this week, we are here to, once again, go into the viewer skew universe. We're actually almost done. It just occurred to me. We are done. Um, well, we are, but we're not. I mean, we've got this. We've got Jay and Silent Bob, which is obviously what we're doing today. We've got Clerks 2 to do. And then I would like to go back and do Jersey Girl, personally. I still think well, we still it should done be done. Jersey Girl. So, we are... It, Although it's it, technically not part of the universe, though. It's not part of the universe, but it was my plan to do the entire Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. Um, so that would include th- film movies like Red State, uh, yes. Tusk, yeah. and Yoga Hoses. Although maybe take a break from the Kevin Smith Yeah. before I, I agree. After we're done. After we've done Clerks 2. Because um, I, I have got other series of films that I would but like to cover. the viewers universe is not yet done with us. Well, are they releasing Clerks 3? Is that actually going to No, happen? they're not releasing Clerks 3. They're releasing Jane Silent Bob reboot. Uh, well, I guess I guess I trust Kevin Smith to actually do that right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a reboot, by the way. Right. The, the idea behind the film is that Jane Silent Bob finds out Hollywood is planning to reboot. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, Let's we'll see how that goes. Um... Isn't it just going to be a carbon copy of the film we're about to talk about then? It probably is, but yeah. Let's let's see when we get there. Let's I mean, I, we, I I mean, would you want to see a Clerks free? I don't I don't know I don't know how much more you can do with it. I mean, at the end of the second one, you know, he got the girl. Yeah. Again. You know, what more can you do with that character? I mean, they kind of tied up nicely, I think. Yeah. Um. Which is something that we will come on to talk about um, near the near the end of this because there is you know it, it's interesting how that panned out. Um, so yeah, as we say, this is part of the new of the next. Sorry, it's the next part of the viewers universe, um, but it's the first time that Jay and Bob really get a proper outing and a proper film that's focused upon it's them. Their really, film. It? It's it's just about Jane Silent and Bob. Yeah, I mean, obviously they were both in every other film that we've seen, but it was more merely they had cameos. Yeah, they, and they, they were, were more back, they were more background characters, I think. And I think so. They, yeah, they were, they were expositional characters, I think, in a lot of ways. They were always there, but they weren't doing an awful lot, even if yeah they were quite important to the plot points. Yeah, I mean, they were there basically for explanations now and again. Uh, yeah, effectively, um, and that was it. And a little bit of comic relief. But this is the first time that they've really been brought out as solo characters. And, and I think it was well executed, I've gotta say. You know, I think it was a risk to do something, but I think it was a, I think it was good. I, th- I think it, I think any movie in which you be, you're basing the two main characters around somebody who's ninety nine percent mute yeah. and somebody who's a stoner <laughs> is always gonna be a risk. <laughs> yeah. But, but he manages to pull it off um, and this is is one of my favorite comedy movies of all time. I think I, I don't think it's my favorite of the universe, but it's certainly up there. It's um, I'm not saying it's my favorite in the universe because that, uh, that 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 arguably would be tied between Chasing Amy and Dogma. For me. Yes, yeah. But I mean, 
it's a fun film. It's a fun film. There's enough cameos in it that you can keep going. Ah, yes. Look who's in it. And there's enough. T- and there's enough callbacks to the previous films, one way or the yeah. other. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love the fact that he's so cheekily cast J- Jason Lee as two characters. Yes. He's cast Ben Affleck in two characters. as Ben Affleck. Yeah. And you know, he because he, he was originally going to recast the role of. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, right? Um, for for Goodwill Hunting two hunting season, and decided against it. Um, Good. I th- I'm glad he did because that the fact that they were in it twice it just makes it all funnier. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. So let's. I, I don't think we should go through the whole storyline because there's so much that happens, and there's so many different bits. We we could be here all day exploring speaking about just the storyline alone. Yeah. So I think if we cover the basic story, if we cover what we think, we'll talk a little bit about the actors, but again, just cover a few of the a few of the main actors because otherwise again we will be here all day. Um well, and then we'll see what we think of it. Well this is the film that really it ties the view viewers universe together. And it, it reunites yeah. all the characters. <laughs> every single character from every single um Kevin Smith film is in this. Apart from the Dante's ex-girlfriend, no, she's I don't in think she's in it. She's in the cinema scene at the end. Ah, I forgot she was she's in it. She's in actually. the premiere. Yeah, I forgot yeah. she was in it. Because um, I know she passed away recently. I didn't oh, realise that did. she was in this. Um, yeah, okay. So basically, it's okay. So the storyline is after making a crack insult on um, Randall and Dante's behalf about them being gay and getting married... Um, it's eventually decided. Actually, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a, um, restraining, a restraining order put upon them, um, which means that they can't hang about the shop because they've been told, right, you're loitering and you're selling pot. Um, so the police come, take them away, and they realise they can't stay at their beloved home any longer. Which is quite sad, but quite you know, it's fair to be honest yeah. that I think he did that. That was done by Randall. Yeah, I mean, if you've got two guys outside your shop selling drugs. All day long, yeah. You know that's that's going to impact your business. As funny as it is to the outsiders, to them, it's especially Jay being the foul-mouthed little annoying bastard that he is. Yeah, because I, th- I, I mean, I think we've said this before. You, as funny as Jay is to an outsider, you wouldn't want to actually have him in your social. No, friendships. God, no. I you mean, want him hanging around. He'd be fun to be around now and again, but too much of him would be too much. Yeah, he's the sort of friend. Who, when they get drunk, they start telling funny jokes, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, you're okay to be around." And then they start getting into fights, and it's like, you know what? Too far, bro. Too yeah, far. Yeah, he's the kind of guy. He, he at the end of the night, going, oh, "I'm not being racist, but yeah, <laughs> he's just an annoying little shit, frankly, an awful lot of the time." Yeah, but but I mean, he's 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 lovable and adorable, with it, but kind of in small doses. I think. Yeah, I think because. I don't think he means... I don't know if he means to be insulting or to be... Actually, I think he does mean to push it, push the envelope as much as he can. I mean, I be, from what I believe, J- Jason Mews himself... It's basically actually, him. It's basically him, but he's actually also quite shy and retiring. Mm. Despite that, yeah. he came up with the J character as a way to kind of break out of his own skin. Which makes sense, really. Um, and, you know, so... Kind of while Kevin Smith says the character of Jay is Jason Mewes, at the same time it's not. It's kind of an exaggeration yeah. of Jason Mewes. It's Jason Mewes's idea of ideal version of himself. I think, well, not ideal version, but kind of more extreme version. Yeah. Um. um you know, because if you've ever seen any of Kevin Smith's live shows with Jason Mewes. Very soft spoken, very yeah. mild mannered. Um, calls everyone sir. I've I've never I've never seen anything that they've done on stage. Although I think they had something on Netflix for a period, but I have seen. Oh, sorry, I've listened to rather the um the podcast that they've done. And you're right, he is like that. Yeah. Um, he is very different to how you'd think he would be ultimately. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, it's it's kind of a shame that his pride, his pride life kind of went off the rails. Very quite, much so. Quite yes. a while back. I mean, 
I think from what, from what I've heard, he's got himself sorted out now. Um, he's married yeah. and you know got a, got a couple of kids and very much in love. And I think he was just unfortunate to be, to have been unlucky enough to have been born to a heroin addict mother. Mm. I mean, without going into the backstory of Jason News too much, the whole reason why this film was made to begin with, apart from the fact that he wanted to make another film. Although, no, I think he might have been done with the universe at that stage, but basically the reason was that if he could stay sober, he'd make a Jay and Silent Bob film, so he basically did. Basically, Jason Mewes wanted to play Jay again, and he said, if you get sober and get yourself off off, off the drugs, I'll make a movie. Because, I mean, I don't think we should talk about it too much right now, but if you look into the background of what Jason Mewes was like at that time to what was effectively his best friend... He was horrendous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've got to. You've got to give credit to, to Kevin Smith for, for for fucking hanging in there. And, yeah. and putting up with him, and being was, willing to say and give him chance after chance after chance. Yeah, I mean, this this is what I mean. Obviously, the best they are really best friends in real life, but to do that it takes it takes a lot of patience, a lot of. Lots of nasty on Kevin Smith's part and yeah. on Jason Mewes' part. Indeed. So I've got to give respect to both of them. Yeah. For, for just fucking battling for each other. Um, it takes a lot of respect for Jason Mewes to say, actually, yeah, if you if you do this for me, I'm willing to do this for for you. Mm. Um, shows a lot of respect between the two. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so after the restraining order is put in place, um, Jay and Bob basically have nowhere to go, so they end up in Brody's comic book store. It's never really explained exactly where this comic book store has come from. It just happens. It's to in be Red there. Bank, New Jersey. It's actually on the site of Jay and Silent Bob Street Food Slash. No, but I mean, in the sense of in the storyline, it that basically comes out of nowhere. It's never the connection's never really there no. from Mall Rats to um, no, Jay and Silent Bob. But again, not. you don't really question it. it it's fair enough. Um, and so arriving, um, Brody basically says, well, you know, haven't you got some sweet money from the movie that's being made about you guys? What movie? Well, Bill Money Chronic. Uh, I think it's a terrible idea for a film, I think it's a terrible name, but hey, there we are. Here's the pulse. Yes. And here's your finger, fairly jam-shakes up your arse. Um, Far away like from the, the pretzel. Yeah. Um, so hearing that the film is going to be made, they basically get very upset. They're not going to get anything out of this because they should have got intellectual rights for this at some stage. And also, they didn't want their good name being however good it was. Well, they also from being there, they, go, they go to visit Holden McNeil, don't forget. Well, yes, they do to try and figure out exactly what's the, going on. The, um, the incomparable Holden McNeil. Yes, um, and they find out what the internet is. Yeah. Um, Which, to be fair, given the time periods. I mean, you know, it was too... F- I don't know if this was meant to have been set in the modern day, but in 2001, apart from the fact that they're out of it, you know, technology-wise and probably modern culture-wise, we, certainly a lot of people in this country didn't have the internet in 2001. No, I mean, you know, I, I think I started getting the internet around 2004 or 2005. Mm. I, I was, I was, 2003, in fact, um, was when I started really getting proper... What was laughably back then called broadband internet. Oh, see, I've been in it since the days of dial-up, my friends. Oh, I had dial-up, but I'm talking about proper internet. Oh, actual internet. Yeah. Actual internet. Working internet. Yes. Well, you know, we didn't know any better. I mean, it did work. Yeah, it did work. But, you know, if you were downloading porn and somebody called you, you were fucked. Yeah, that, no, the problem was if someone picked up the phone. That was the issue. Yeah. If they called you, they just couldn't get through. Um, but yeah, that's for that's for a different story. Um, that's for another day, folks. So going onto the website um, moviepooptroop dot com, which was a real um, website. For it wasn't time. at the time, but it was set up as a result of this film. Yeah, it, it's basically their version of IMDb. And as far as I know, IMDb was around it's more that time. version of Rotten, Tomo- Rotten Tomatoes. Possibly. Well, maybe maybe a combination of the two yeah. because Rotten Tomatoes did not look that good. Um, still it's a terrible it's a terrible website it still it's great but it's terrible at the same time I think it looks horrendous um, it's Marmite yes well I'm not even sure I'd give it that much credit to be perfectly honest with you um, but yeah um, having been onto this website they start going through the forums and as people are way to do 
people start giving them crap on the forums and if you've ever been sorry if you had ever been on my IMDb forums because they're not there anymore did you ever visit them at all? Very rarely. Bizarre. See, I used to see, I used to go to them on a lot, and it was a case of either. I the reason I went on them very rarely is because I used to go on them a lot, and um, would get very easily and quickly wound up. Oh, it's just full. It was just full of trolls. Full of trolls really and was. idiots. And in fairness, not much has changed really about the internet since the days when the when. The IMDb forums were open. Although, the well, I mean, still full of trolls. Well, I mean, they didn't. It's not like they've been closed down for a while. I think they only closed down at the earlier this year. But for a lot of people, it was like we'd forgotten they even had forums on IMDb because a lot of people certainly didn't use them. I didn't use them um, for quite a few years because it was just such a vapid, horrible area to go to. It was worse than Reddit <laughs> in some ways. Oh God, nothing's worse than Reddit. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, so they go onto the website and they basically find out what people are saying about Jane Silent Bob and they start getting angry. And Ben Affleck tries to explain... Fucking clown shoes. That they're basically trying to explain to them, look, they're not having a go at you. They're having a go at fictional characters. Now, the thing is, I can see where Jay is coming from because what he's saying is they are slagging off Jane Silent Bob. We yeah, are Jay and Silent Bob. They don't know that it's characters that they're slagging off. Yeah. You know? And... Jay doesn't know the difference between the fictional characters and the real Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. As far as he's concerned, because they mentioned the names Jay and Silent Bob, it's them that's talking about, not the comic book characters. Yeah, which is, which is a reasonable thing to say, because as he so eloquently points out, if he's having relations with a woman and she finds out he's actually Jay, then she'll probably get quite annoyed and not want to be with him any longer. In fairness, if, she, if he was having relations with a woman and she found out he was actually Jay... She probably wouldn't know any difference anyway. Probably not. Probably not, to be fair. Um, so that's what you see. Those internet forums weren't full of hot chicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. It may have been people pretending to be hot chicks, but they weren't hot chicks. No. So, going to Holzen and saying, you've got to stop this, you've got to do something about this, he basically says, look, it's nothing to do with me anymore, it's Banksy. Banksy's the one that's putting this whole Banky, thing forward. Yeah. Um you know, even commenting, I wish I had something to do with this because he could have made a lot of money. Um, but yeah, discovering that he's got nothing to do and they can't help him, they decide, okay, we'll go to Hollywood, we'll get the movie shut down, and our reputation will remain unscuppered. Of you know, whatever that may be. Untarnished. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thus begins the start of a long and harrowing journey. Yes. Um which along the way he meets many interesting characters, including a very, a very um, open-minded, shall we say, hitchhiker played by George Carlin, <laughs> in a hilarious cameo. Um, he George, was very good in it. George Carlin is one of my was one of my favourite comedians, and every time I see him in any of Kevin Smith's films, I always, you know, I always smile a little bit. He was incredible as as Cardinal Gush. He was, and uh, although to be honest with you, and I mean we're, we're going off topic, but we'll come and we'll come back to it in a minute. But to be honest with you, I think the best character he played is um, the dad in, in the dad in Jersey Girl, because yeah. he had a lot to do in it. He had to show a, that was actual a very human character. It was, and that's why I think it was good. Yeah, no, I, I watched Jersey Girl not long back, and you're right, he, he was incredible, and that was the first real meaty role he played for Kevin Smith. I mean, I think that's the reason, rather like Red State, I think that's the reason why people were so down on Jersey Girl to begin with, because it wasn't slapstick, potty mouth humour that people were so used yeah, to. Was, I mean, this is the thing, you know, you take any, any director, and any director you, you care to name does something that audiences aren't used to. People don't like it. Yeah, people we, don't like. We change. had this recently when we when we discussed nineteen forty two Steven Spielberg, and Steven Spielberg. Why doesn't Spielberg do comedy? Because he can't do comedy. Well, I'm not sure that was necessarily his fault or whether it was the writing. You know, I wouldn't want to say one way or the other. Um, you know, I I'm not sure. But I don't it, think he's to blame. I'm 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 still very much of the opinion. And ultimately, obviously. Tarantino had, sorry, um, obviously um, Spielberg. Spielberg had final control of that film, but he wasn't the writer. Although to be fair, but if he's the director, then he should have known better. It's 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 a difficult one to say. 
But yeah. I know what you mean. But yeah, it's it's stepping outside of what the audience is comfortable with. Yes. It's like if you just mentioned him, Tarantino. If Tarantino decided to do an out and out comedy, mm. right? You probably have fifty percent of the audience who love it, who've never seen a Tarantino film before. Yeah. And fifty percent of the audience, the ones who've seen dogs, fiction, everything else, they'll hate it. Yeah. Because it's not it's not familiar. And that's no. the, and that's the difference and that's 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 why Jersey Girl I think ultimately failed. Because audiences weren't used to seeing Kevin Smith yeah. directing a serious, even though it's a comedy, a fairly serious movie. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and they went, they weren't used to him tackling that. So I think that's that's why people people were so up in arms about it. And it was the whole benefit thing, and you mm, know, yeah. <laughs> I I never really understood all that, but you know, I wasn't really paying attention either. To be fair, you know, I I could I could care as much about. All the actors going on, especially what's happened recently, you know, it's just not, it's just not me. I just don't care about all that crap. Um, so yeah, well, okay, so we'll get onto it in just a moment. But basically, as we say, it's a very mixed story. There's an awful lot that happens. There's an awful lot of subplots, and we a don't have time to cover them all, and b I think we'd end up getting. I I know I would get a bit confused as to exactly where it all goes. Yeah, because there's so much going on, and like I said, there's this so a, many people. This is an incredibly busy movie, and you don't realise it when you first watch it. It seems like a very simple plot. Yeah. On the surface. And then when you start looking at it, you go, it's actually, it's not. It's the sheer amount of people in it. The sheer amount of people in it. And the juggling you must have done to, to be able to get all these people in it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the first film since Return of the Jedi to have Carrie Mark Fisher Hamm- yeah. and Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and neither of them realised the other was in it. No. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about the whole Jedi, Mark Hamill um, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, no, not not Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was perfectly fine. Oh, the cockknocker. Yeah, I just thought I'm not sure I find that funny. It's just a bit juvenile to me, to be honest. Of course, it's juvenile. It's yeah, but I, yeah, but I don't find it funny. I don't get. That's not. I don't think. I don't find that shit funny anymore. And maybe I never did. Um, it's just not something that I find amusing. Uh, what I found amusing was the uh, the light up. Kind of well, yeah, obviously. Hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just not... It's not funny to me, sadly. Um, okay, so in terms of the Bioski universe, I, as I still don't think it's the best film. I think that Honor would go to Dogma. That, that was definitely also Dogma. Dogma is... Dogma is probably the most... Probably the simplest and yet the most layered. Mm. Yeah, because it deal it deals with really just one subject matter. Yeah, which is Catholicism. But then again, I don't think it was meant to be anything more than what it was. It was a stoner film about Jane Silent Bob. So what else were you? What else were we really expecting? Yeah, and there's something wrong with that. That works. And you know, I think again, the reason he the reasons he did it are very stand up reasons. Mm. To, you know, to get Jay clean, and um, also I think to close the close universe in general. But he's, as I say, he's not. He's not entirely closed. He's still. Well, no, but at the time, at the time, at the time, it was very time, much the yeah. end of it. I mean, at the time, Dogma was meant to be the last. I believe. Possibly. Oh, no, no, sorry, because it did say, uh, James and Bob will return. Yes, it did at the end of it. Yeah. So um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong there. Mm. Um, and maybe he didn't intend to close it with this. Maybe that was just the end of that chapter. Well, I mean, we, we can cover that more in the Clerks 2 episode. And I'm going to try and find the interview that he gave with um, Simon Mayo and Mark Commode um, back in 2006. Because um, it's a cracking it's a cracking interview for one. And for another, he explains quite a lot. So it's it, it's quite a, it's quite a good episode. I really do want to try and find it. Um... Yeah, so there are, there are, I mean, to be fair, you know, whatever I said about the humour before, I, there, I, there are things that genuinely make me laugh about this, you know, it does make me, it does make me laugh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is juvenile humour, yeah. it is silly, it's meant to be, 
because Kevin Smith knows the I think, he knows the audience he's going for with this film. I think I think if if Dogma is the poison, strike back is the is the antidote. <laughs> and there's nothing. It's as I say, it is a stunning film. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So I mean, this is this is our generation's Cheech and Chong. Possibly, I've never seen anything. I don't even know what that means. To be perfectly honest with you, you know who who. You've never heard of Cheech and Chong? I've heard that. You've heard of Cheech Marin? No, I've heard that said You've so often. You've seen and I Cheech don't know Marin in films? That. Possibly. He was in Desperado, he was in uh, From Dust Till Dawn. I saw Dust Till Dawn many years ago, don't worry about it. You know the guy outside the bar? Boozy, boozy, boozy! No. No? No. It's. I didn't. I think I saw it years ago. And I think, I mean, I'm not especially a big fan of um, vampire films in general. I find the whole thing a bit stupid. But, um, well, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just not for me. Um, so, no, I don't really understand the whole thing. But there we are. Um, anyway, we're getting off track here. We need to, we need to stop this. So, oh, James and Bob strikes back. You brought us off topic. Um, anyway, so not everyone's going to like this film. I think it's fair to say. Not everyone will. Not everyone is meant to like this film. Yeah. Um, same way, not everyone is going to like champagne or caviar or mm. uh, bacon. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching this on Netflix um, with a friend about a year ago or something, and we watched it with her boyfriend, and we both absolutely loved it. But she got to the end of it and didn't laugh once and couldn't understand why women, we found it at all funny. Don't get it. I don't, I don't think that's I don't I think that's a lot of a lot of women. Every woman I've ever watched this film with, I sat there and gone, I don't get it. Well, that's possible um, that that would be the attitude. I'm not sure I'd say that, but uh, certainly every woman. I mean, I've watched it with a few women. Um, not one of every everyone has been exactly as stone faced as your friend. Yeah, and just gone there and gone. I don't get what, it. What was that about? Yeah, yeah. And that's the th- and that's the thing. You, for a, for a movie with so much plot and so many so many plot points and so much going on and so much going on, there's not much plot at the same time. It, yeah, it's like there's an awful lot going on, but it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Um. It's I I once heard someone say um about yeah it was um sorry we'll come back onto the film in a minute but it just rem- it, it's kind of similar to the way that um. Spud, um, I think it was Spud anyway in Train Spotting when he goes for the uh, for the job interview, and he's got nothing to say, but he has to get out as quickly as possible. It's yeah. in a similar vein. Yeah. There's nothing really going on in this film, but there's an awful lot going on at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, and I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but I do think it's I do think it's wonderful. And I think if you if you go on to if you if you stay with us through the journey this long, folks, and you've if you've watched the rest of the viewers universe. You may as well watch this one as well, just so you can see what we're talking about. And, yeah. You know whether you agree with us or disagree with us. You know, just. I mean, I'm not not recommending it. I'm not. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm saying make your own mind up. I mean, as far as the narrative is um, is concerned, and it fitting into the universe, I think it does a good job. It brings back hints of what's occurred in previous film. I was wrong, by the way. It doesn't realize every. Single cast member. No. When the Fiorentino. Uh, he, he famously did it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, I don't really know what purpose she would have served in this film. She wouldn't have said any, but she's she's a notable exception. Every and Alanis can... Morissette, if you really count her. Alanis Morissette was in a cameo at the end. Was she? I... You don't watch through the credits? I usually don't. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not that much of a purist she, these days. She appears right at the end as God. Oh yes, of course. Yes, I remember now. Yes, that's right with the Bible. Yeah. Um, I mean, what? I think what Tarantino. I keep saying Tarantino. It's because we're doing Pulp Fiction later. Um, and to be fair, Shh, the, to be fair Tarantino does this very well as well. Um, is that the difference between Smith's films and other filmmakers? is when he's doing all this interlinking, when he's doing all these cameos, it's not being done for the sake of it. It's being it's done for because purpose. it works. Yeah, it, it is It is for a purpose. It's a plot device to move yeah, it forward. Yeah, it works. And it's good because of that. And, 
you know, we mentioned before, obviously Ben Affleck is in this twice as Holden McNeil and as Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, and the way he differentiates between the two, quite simple, but it's quite ingenious. But quite well done, nonetheless. Quite well done. Yeah. Is that Ben Affleck has got frosted tips. <laughs> well, it was 2000, to be fair. You know, a lot of people yeah. have frosted tips. But, but he's like, oh, you frosted your hair? Yeah, man. <laughs> So, this, as we say, this would have been the end of the viewer's universe, and for many in 2001, it was the end, until it five was, years later, until, until we saw Clerks 2 make an appearance. Um, um, and yeah, we, we will go to that next. No, um, we won't, because Jersey Girls and Ashby are doing them in, in calendar order. Well, Not... we'll see about that. I Look, I, I run the podcast, so we'll do it whatever order or whatever I say, you know. Um... The, you know, and as much as I love Clerks too, I do think that if this had ended now, it would have been fine. I don't think we need. I don't think we necessarily would have needed to carry on. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I enjoy Clerks too. Oh, as did I. But was it necessary? That's the question. Okay, in two thousand six, you can when you, can... you heard, okay in two thousand six when you heard that Clerks two was being made, were you like, what, or were you? Thank God he's making a second one. Thank God. Really? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I, I... Kevin Smith can direct the fucking Yellow Pages advert and I'll watch it. <laughs> you know, um, I, he's that good of a director. He's, he's that type of director that I'll always be interested in whatever he's doing. Uh, which is why I watch, you know, I watch his podcast online. I listen to what he says and when he's doing movie fights with uh, screen junkies... Yeah, I'll, I'll tune into those episodes because he's he's a genuinely interesting guy. He's a very knowledgeable man, mm-hmm. um, and you watch th- you watch shows like Comic Book Guys or Comic Book Men, and even though he's not there constantly, he still records the podcast with them yeah. the, in the back of James and Bob's Secret Stash. Uh, they've got a podcast studio built into the shop. That is pretty cool. I've got to say. Um, so he record the podcast there, and you know he—he's always interested in, mm-hmm. in everything anyone has to say. Yeah, and that's what I like about him. Is like he's—he seems like the kind of guy you could just approach and just chat to him, as opposed, yes. as opposed to some directors who who are like as soon as they make a big name for themselves, they're like, stay away from me, commoner. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have, doesn't have that air about him. He, he seems like he's still the same guy he was back in 94 when he released Clerks. And, I mean, as you say, he's got an awful lot of allegiance. I mean, um, you know, we'll, we'll... In fact, no, let's not talk about more about Clerks 2 because we, we've got a lot to cover. I mean, for me personally, we need to cover, we need to cover Clerks 2 and what's said and then also do a, um, like, poss- possibly not straight away... But do a um, an after show review, as it were, of the series of a whole and how we felt all, yeah. you know, how it all went. Um, so yeah, that's basically the story. You know, we we've covered it quite. A, you know, we haven't covered it massively, but um, you know, should we switch on the characters then? Yes, let's let's have a let's have a discussion. Okay, so let's start with the two obviously biggest guys in this one, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. What do you think of them in general? Silent Bob's my kind of guy. Doesn't say much, and what he does say is said at the right time. Um, I'm probably more akin to Jay in real life, uh, I think, purely because I swear an awful lot. <laughs> um, but I kind of, I mean, I've I've met people like both of them in real life. Um, I, you know, kind of dudes I'd probably hang around with, you know, if I had a chance. I couldn't. I don't think I could. Um, maybe Silent Bob, but Jay, he would just irritate me too much. As fun as I said before, as funny as it is to watch on screen, it would just get to the point where it'd be like, dude, tone it down. There is no need to. And I know that we swear a bit on this podcast, but there is no need to be that crude of vile no, swearing. It's just like. Just, just stop. There are other words in the English language, you know. You don't have to say the F word every two seconds. But 
Fuck. Man of the Well, fact. indeed. Man yes. of the Okay, stop there. Let's not. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have an awful lot to say about Jay and Silent Bob in general. They're the stars of the film, but ultimately, they don't do a lot. They don't, they don't have to do a lot because they just happen to be there. It's their film. When it happens, yet... when everything happens, it's happening where they are by some complete coincidence. Yeah. I mean, do you think there was any part of Kevin Smith that when he started making this film, he thought, okay, we've got these two characters who, as we said before, have always been in his films, apart from Jersey Girl, but now I've got to flesh these characters out. I've got to bring something to the table, more for these guys. I've got to make a two-hour film about a guy who barely speaks and a bloke who can't go two seconds without swearing. How do you make that into a film? What what do you, what, what story do you create? Because it can't be dull. It's got to be exciting. You clearly create this story. This is this is the only story you can create. Yeah. A story about them kidnapping a mo- kidnapping a monkey. I mean, it's basically a road movie. It, it's it, just... it is. It's a buddy movie, and it is a road movie as well. Um, in in the grand old, in the grand old tradition of, you know, Laurel and Hardy and Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. It's it's that type of you know, Abbott Costello. It's a buddy movie. It's, it's all two guys who are lifelong friends for whatever reason it may be. Getting into adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I mean, that's all you, that's all you can really say is that it's just getting into a series of ever escalating and crazy, crazy, crazy adventures mm-hmm. and take us along for the ride. Yeah. And that's what the story is. It's just, if it's not, anything more complicated than that it's just it's a road movie it's a buddy movie and it's just what what kind of shit can we get these guys into <laughs> is what it basically is it, well, um, it's what it equates to to be fair yeah um, so the next two characters that we have that aren't in it for that long but are still in it and are you know and are still important um, are, Randall and, are Randall and Dante who we've not really seen since Clerks, not really we've seen cameos but again not a massive amount and to be fair they don't have an awful lot to do in this film except that yeah. I forgot it's the Planet of the Apes scene isn't it it was, um, although I, I did forget that they were in it right at the beginning in just some of the lines Yeah. Um, when the, um, basically you know Jay, um, Jay tells these two kids that they're hustling for money and buying drugs. So, so you know, like, um, oh, they got married um, in a Star Wars themed um, in a Star, Star Wars themed wedding. wedding. So they go into the shop and say, "So you Dante know, was dressed as Princess Leia." Um, and they say, "You know, he said that Dante was the um, Dante was the bitch, and that Randall was the butch." And which to Dante responds, "I was the bitch," and to which Randall then answers, "Well, to be fair, that's how I would have expected <laughs> to be as well." Yeah, that's um, how I've always seen you. Um, and you know, as 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 little as they are in this film, I still think it's I still think it was worthwhile, and I think it helped it because of what would happen at the that, end. Of Clerks I too. mean, that was the setup for the entire movie. Yeah, was just that. Now, how 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 do we get these characters started on this adventure? There's, there has to be something that pushes them along that road. Yeah. And so, Jay making up that story about Dante and Randall getting married was the catalyst for that happening. Yeah. Because if he hadn't made up that story, Randall would have never taken out a machine order. They'd mm-hmm. never got banned from outside the shop, and therefore they'd have ne- never gone to the comic book store and found out what the the Hollywood movie. Indeed, and it never would have allowed Clerks 2 to be made because whilst it's never it's whilst it's never explicitly implied, the money that they get from the rights of the Blumman and Chronic film goes on to be able to fund the quick stop reopening at the end of Clerks 2. Yeah. But we're getting ahead of ourselves in that regard. Yes, very much so. Um, okay, so the next <laughs> um, group of characters we've got, let's talk about Ben Affleck playing Mr. McNeil and playing himself in a very exaggerated way. <laughs> um, we talked quite a bit about Holden McNeil in the Chasing Amy um, episode, so I don't think we really need to have to go too much into it. But what did you think about him having this cameo again? I, th- I thought it, I thought it was it was fun. I thought, you know, the little lines like it, you know, it stays like he's a dating a lesbian. Yeah. Um, you know, just little throwaway lines and, you know, they... <clears throat> 
playing basketball. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> it's just a little fun callback, and I I enjoy Ben Affleck in these movies. And to be honest, I'm saddened that he doesn't seem to be making more movies with Kevin Smith. He seems to be producing more than anything else and directing really these days, doesn't he? I mean, what, what's your, what's your favourite Affleck role? What what's he done that was your favourite part? My favourite part. Um, would have to be Holden McNeil mm. in Chasing Amy, quite frankly. Um, most of his other movies have been, dare I say it, quite dumb. I mean, I, I loved him. and It's only a very small part, and to be fair, he doesn't talk. Boiler Room. Yes. I yeah. love that film. And motion, I, know, I know that you and I are going to cover that. I've already done it, but Motion creates emotion. Yes. Um, you know, and we'll talk more about his character, but I thought he was wonderful in that. And seeing Ben Affleck back as himself in a in a similar way to the way that um to a way that's similar rather to uh, Matt LeBlanc in episodes yeah. an exaggerated version of himself. It's, I mean it could be it could be argued that this this kind of set up any T V show where somebody cameos as themselves mm. but an exaggerated version. Yeah. Um this is really the first film I can think of or one of the first films I can think of that really played on that. And had these hyperinflated characters, you know, p- people playing themselves, but as a, as a kind of ridiculous version. I mean, it is kind of breaking the fourth wall, but not at the same time. Although they do break the fourth wall of this an awful lot. I mean, I, I going back to Holden McNeil for a second. I do remember there's a line, um, and it's not the, it's not the first time when they're saying, you know. What kind of a sad sack would want to watch a film by Jane Silent Bob? And all three of them look the directly to the camera. Yeah. And you've just got Jay in the background nodding his head. Like, yeah, we got you, suckers. Yeah. I mean, there are a few moments like that where, where it's like, what kind of idiot would do this? Yeah. And then points to the box of the camera. Because there's one with the um, Federal Wildlife Marshal Will and Holly. Yes. And the yeah. sheriff, uh, played by Judd Nelson. Yeah, 80s hero Judd Nelson um, and also I, I just love the line between um, <laughs> Ben Affleck and um, Gus Van Sant who makes a, like a two second cameo appearance in it where he turns around and says so action, action Gus. Gus and Gus is just sitting there counting his money he's like don't talk to me I like, told you I'm busy yeah and he just turns back to me and says like, you're a true artist Gus and I just love that because Gus Van Sant is such that director who makes you know the solid films that he makes. Yeah. Um, um, I love the little cameo from Wes Craven as well. Yes. Because um, obviously calling back to Scream Three. Yeah. Jane and Bob cameo on Scream Three. They did. Yes. And people forget this. That well, it's a terrible film. There's a good reason for that. Yeah, but people people do forget that that the cameo there. So it was a, it was like a kind of return favour, mm. and then just the line of. A monkey was really. Hey, people like monkeys. Fucking Miramax. Um, and you know what? Don't you mean to Miramax? Miramax have given us some of the greatest films over the past twenty years. Um, so yeah, uh, where are we up to? Okay, so we've done Ben. We've done Mister Affleck. We um, have to touch. We have to. We have to call on now, surely. To the female duel thieves. Okay, so what, Sissy, tell us, Chrissy, tell us about Missy, them. Injustice. Yes. Um, four unbelievably hot women. It has to be said. Yes. And um, with all due respect to Kevin Smith, because I know one of these is his wife. Mm. Um, incredibly hot women in very tight clothing. Mm. Uh, Justice, played by the incredible Michelle and Elizabeth. Yes. Everyone's favourite fantasy girl from American Pie. <laughs> Um, and this this kind of sets up the beginning of the real adventures of James mm. Arthur, I think, because uh, this is where they get into into monkey thieving territory. And you mentioned the other one. Uh, sorry, I'm just checking something. I just want to see. Who in the screen? Yeah, if this was before or after she was in Buffy. It was after, definitely after. Uh, let's see, Eliza Dush. She's not even on the main cast. That's quite depressing, actually. Um, she was there, right on Jane Sound Bob. Just close on Jane Sound Bob. No, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that would be easier, probably, wouldn't it? Because she's there. 
God, she looks different these days. Anyway, yes, so uh, she was in... Where is... God, she was in Leap Year. What a crap film that was. Uh, oh, she was in White Collar. Uh, come on, where's Buffy? Where's Buffy? Let's put her further back, I think. Buffy the Vampire Interest. There we go, the TV series. So she was in it... See, this is why her ADB doesn't really say, because that's the length of the TV series, not how long she was actually in it for. Well, last, uh, the okay, last episode was 2003, so yeah. Yeah, so it would have probably been about the same time as Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, I yeah. imagine. But she was already known back to audiences by then. Well, was she? I mean, is she really a known commodity in the Hollywood circuit really she is yeah and she was in True Lies she played Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter in oh, Lies. that's right and wasn't there a, wasn't there a really inappropriate interaction between no that was Face Off with a really inappropriate interaction between the father oh yeah that was yeah we're not covering we're, that yeah first, yeah don't get me wrong um Ali, Ali movie with Nicolas Cage is wrong Ali Larsa as Chrissy now that's a name I know she was the but I don't know why she was the Doritos girl. She was the Doritos girl. The Doritos girl. What is a Doritos girl? She was in the advert for Doritos. Oh, okay, fair enough. That explains it, I guess. Okay, she was in Final Destination. <laughs> Final Destination Two. <laughs> Resident Evil. God, she's done some shit. Um, God, she must have done something good. Heroes. Never seen it. Neither have I. Fast oh, she was, in, she was in Dawson's Creek. Of oh, course she was. I remember her now. Who wasn't in Dawson's Creek though? Come you leave Dawson's Creek alone. In fact, we're going to talk about House on Haunted Hill. We're going to talk about Dawson's Creek in a minute as well. Um, we're going to have to talk about Dawson's Creek because the Joey's in it. Sorry. The Joe. The Do- sorry. The Dawson is in Jane Silent Bob. Um. Joey's not in this. No, the Dawson. Oh, Dawson is. Yes, yeah, he makes a cameo as his character. Yeah, um, no, as himself rather, and he's actually quite good. Um, so yeah, Ali Larsa, do you have anything to say about it? I mean, she was good in this. Don't get me wrong. She was good, but didn't do much. She, well, she didn't need to. She Although was... there did seem to be an underlying storyline that um, that the sissy and the Chrissy character may have been together. Yeah, there was. I mean, there it was wasn't touched towards that much, but you know, it was hinted towards, and um, and maybe a bit of ego stroking from Kevin Smith to potentially do, to write that as a script. Yeah, but fair play to the women for being up for it, and hopefully nothing too inappropriate went on. <laughs> um. Okay, so Will Ferrell. I'm not a massive fan of Will Ferrell. I've got to say, federal wildlife marshal. Will, Will, Will Ferrell. I can take him or leave him if I'm completely honest. Um, I, I'm exactly the same, but I, I this was the first role I ever saw him in. I don't remember anything else I've seen him in, if I've even seen him in anything else. Um, and I thought he was very I mean, funny. I've never seen Anchorman. Actually, he wasn't. I did like him in the other guys. He was actually quite good. And that Daddy's Home film that looks so awful. <laughs> Honest to God, the only good the only good thing about the Daddy's Home Two film is the fact that John Cena's in it. I might see it just because John Cena's in it. Don't watch a film because John Cena. You in leave it. John Cena alone. There's something wrong with John Cena. Have you seen Trainwreck? No. John Cena's in it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll, I'll avoid it. Yeah, I can't see. Oh, he was in the remake of the producers. Um, yeah, he was. He was friends. I've heard that was. I've heard that was actually quite good. Oh, here's the thing. It w- that wasn't a remake. It was. It wasn't as such because that was a re- that was a remake of the stage production Excuse of me. the producers, which was based on the film. Right. Okay. So it was based on the stage. So based on the film. For all intents which purposes, was originally written yeah, as a stage for, show. For, for all intents and purposes, it was a remake of the original film. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what else has he done? Starsky and Hutch. He did Zoolander, wasn't a fan. Um, uh, I'm trying to find anything else I've seen that he might have done. I forgot he was, on, he was in Austin Powers. Um, yes, he was, yeah. I don't... Clearly he made a mark on me. Um... He's really done nothing else that really made me think I need to pay attention. He was in, he was in all three Austin Powers. Um, yeah. Nice at the Roxbury. No, nothing. I'm especially. I was in Coward Chicken. That marks of something. Don't know what it is, but it marks of something. Um, yeah, not really got much to say about Will Ferrell. It's got to be said. 
Um, Jason Lee as Brody and indeed as Banky. Yes. He is just good. There's no other way to describe he's, him. He's, he's magnetic. Is what he really is. And the thing is, he's good in every every cameo he does in a Kevin Smith film. You know, and, and he's one of the ones that's been there from the very beginning, ultimately. Yeah, um, I mean, he wasn't in, wasn't in Clerks because that was before he started acting. Yeah. But from... From Morat's on was real, wasn't he? Mm. Um, he's been. Was he in Jersey Girl? No, I don't think he was. Uh, uh, I'm fairly certain he wasn't. Just scroll down. Um, I think I'd remembered if he was. Um, I don't think he was. He was in Clerks too. So. Yeah. Jason Amy. Um, no, he wasn't in it. Dogma. Of course, he was in Enemy of the State. He was actually quite good in that. I really liked Enemy of the State. That was a good film. Um, he was in Always Famous. I forgot that he was in that. That was a very good film as well. Um, he's not done an awful lot from what I can see recently. Uh, he's done a few Alan and Chipmunks movies. <laughs> Cop House. He was in Cop House. That was terrible. It was. That was horrible. Oh no, he was in Jersey Girls, the Piecki. Of course. Yes, him yes, and Matt Damon. Damon. Yeah. I thought he was, but I wasn't right, sure. Yes. He didn't do much, but he was in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Good call. No good call, my friend. Um, has he done much recently? Oh, he's in Skate Free. Memphis Beat was good. What was that? I don't even know. That, that was a TV show. Okay. Yeah. He played play play um, a singing cop. I mean, he's never stopped working. But I've not heard him. But then again, I don't think he's an actor that, unless you knew an awful lot, of, you know, about these films, I don't think he's an actor that you'd necessarily think, oh yeah, Jason Lee. I mean, it's, he's not gonna be. He's never gonna be a marquee name. No, I don't, I don't think. He's never gonna be, you know, Dwight John, Dwayne Johnson. No, he's never, he's never gonna, gonna have that name. his name in in lights. But he's a solid and consistent actor. And I mean, I never watched it, but I heard that, um, you know, I know people love My Name as Earl. Yeah. Um, you know. And that was a very funny show. Um, and, you know, a lot of heart in it. Memphis Beat, I, I really enjoyed it. I was the only mate she series of it, but it was, it was actually quite an enjoyable series. Mm. Um, Jason Lee got to be basically Jason Lee as a cop. Yeah. Which is never a bad thing. Um, so the final main character, and then we'll talk about cameos. Although to be fair, I suppose this was technically a cameo, is Judd Nelson, who I always get confused with um, the the cop in Beverly Hills Cop. Was that oh, Judd, was Ju- that Nielsen or Judd Nielsen or something? No, like that? that was Judge Reinhold. That's it. Yes. For some reason, I always get the names confused. I think it's because of the. I think it's because of the Judge. Judge. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's done. Of course, he was Bender in Breakfast Club. Um, famous John Bender. Yeah. He was quite good in that. He was in Saint Elmo's Fire. Um, he's done quite a bit actually. Looking at his hair. Uh, me, yeah. But it's saying that. How many of these titles have you heard of? Let's have a look. Um, I've heard of Two and a Half Men, I've never watched, I've never seen that much of it. Avoid it. Family Guy, obviously I've heard of that. Yeah, but he's playing John Bender in that, so does that count? Oh yes he was, wasn't he? Yeah, that's true. Honestly, no. (laughs) I've not seen much more that he's been in, in all honesty. Airheads. Um, That's one of her. New Jack City. Uh, St. Thomas Fire, as we said. I mean, Moonlighting. I, um, that's, that's really it. I mean, me and Derek are planning on covering um, the Black Pack movies um, at some point. Um, I think we're planning to watch um, Breakfast Club, um, uh, 16 Candles, and... Oh, Pretty in Pink. I think possibly Pretty in Pink, yeah. See, I was never a massive John Hughes fan. What? I was never a massive John Hughes fan. What's wrong with you? Something's broken. My friend Claire says she didn't like the Breakfast Club film. Weird Science. Weird Science. I liked back in the day. Watched it recently. Fucking terrible. 
Oh, come on. Okay. What about um, Home Alone? That's a John Hughes film. I'm sure of it. It's a fucking terrible it's movie. It's brilliant. What do you want about? I mean, it's horrendous, but it's brilliant. Scientifically incorrect. <laughs> I mean, obviously you could... Okay. Medically... Fa- okay. Medically... Uncle, Uncle Buck. You've got to love Uncle Buck. Did, Come on, John, John Hughes, Candy. Did John Hughes director. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure there was a John. I'm sure there was a John Hughes film. That might be the one exception. Let's look that up because I'm intrigued now. I'm sure that was um, a John Hughes film though. But this is probably where I found that I was wrong. Um, yeah, but. Uh, yep, it was written and directed by John Hughes. Ding ding ding. I that's win. That's the one exception. <laughs> That doesn't prove the rule. And that that film ultimately wouldn't have been anywhere near as funny if anyone but John Kennedy had been casting it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I'd go along with that, to be fair. Um, Okay, so let's bring up the whole of the list so we can get some of the cameos going on here. Um, Okay, so we've got Judge Carlin, Carrie Fisher, Sean William Scott, John Stewart... Um, Gus Van Sant, as we already said, Chris Rock, Jamie Kennedy, Russ Craven, Jason Morgan, Shannon Doherty, Mark Hamill, um, Jamie Holly, Kennedy, Holly Quinn Smith, Jamie Kennedy. Um, we've got Mark Blucas, uh, who I completely forgot what was in it until I came to watch it. Scott Mosier is in it very briefly, um, usually the producer. Uh, Joey Lauren, Joey Lauren Adams, Renee Humphrey, Rick Barder. Um, Alanis Morissette, yep, at the end, as you say. Morris Day from Morris Day at the time. Uh, Jason Biggs, James Van Der Beek, Matt Damon. uh, Who else have we got? Basically, it's hard to find a film that don't have this many people in it. Yeah. uh, For for a cast list this size, you're going to have pretty much Ben here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, okay, so let's look back at some of those guest stars. I've got to say, I, I did like the the cameo scene with James Van Der Beek and um, Jason Biggs. Jason yeah. I mean, obviously... You're the Dawson! Yeah, that's obviously what James Van Der Beek is known for. You know, I, I remember seeing an interview with him recently, and they basically would not stop talking about Dawson's Creek. And he turned he around like, and he, he, turned like, around and he said, 20 years I've done, done other things. things. I've done other films and TV shows. Yeah. And they really didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. Because no one else in that cast has had that problem. Michelle Williams has gone on to make some amazing films. Casey Holmes, Holmes. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise. Um, actually, now that I think about it, the rest of the cast, haven't done that much. Um, Jason Biggs, you know, he is not just the pie fucker. He has done good Guy films. Guy X. Thank you. Guy X is wonderful. Um, yeah. You know, and it's a very, it's a film, it's a film very few people have actually heard of. Or seen. Indeed, but yeah, it's just an incredible. Michael Ironside was brilliant, isn't he? Mm. Um, fantastic performances. Yeah, I I stumbled across it years ago in Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Bought it on X Rental DVD and fell in love with it. I yeah. seem to remember hearing about it on um, Commode Show. Yeah, because I'm sure they had um, Jason Biggs on the show to talk yeah. about it. Um, or it might have been the director actually thinking about it. Um, okay, so we had Joey Lowe and Adams reprising the role of Alisa Jones and Renee Humphrey bringing back the scenes of Tracia, Tracia, Jones, Tracia Jones. rather. Although, to be fair, they're very short. They're just at the end of the film, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and Dwight really Evil as well. Yeah. Reprising the role of Hooper, Hooper X. Uh, who was Hooper X? Hooper X is the Black Mountains comic book. Oh, of course, yes, he was at the end, and he was very good in that actually. Yeah, and he he was funny at the end of this. Uh, You also had Chris Rock playing Shackle King. Yes, and he was just wonderful, Um, along with um, you know acting with Jason. You know, I don't want to say what he says because a I can't really remember it, and b it's incredibly it's incredibly racist, and I don't want to you know it's it's I don't want to say it's okay for him to say it. He's on Great North last week. Oh really? Chris Rock, Um, and Great North was like, "Oh, see you saw again." He's like, "Yeah, I got divorced. (laughs) I've got to pay my ex-wife a shitload of money." 
I mean, he's ve- he's a very good stand-up. It's got to be said. He is an incredible, you know. funny stand-up. Um, and he's shaving now. He's clean shaven. Oh, okay. For the first time in. I'm sure he was a teenager. That. I mean, have you seen him in? Um, oh, what was it called? It was. It, well, I don't think it was called the head. Of, it, it might have been called head of state actually. Yeah, where he was, he played the president. Or yeah, something. and it was very good. Yeah, he's a he's a very talented, talented, funny man. And um, and, and the storyline of that was a very real story that you could believe that they in American politics they would possibly do that. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to go into it now, but we maybe should we should really be writing these down. Right, when we go to the pub later, we'll take a pad. And I know we did start doing that. We'll start. We'll write this shit down. Um, you started doing that. I told you. Yes, to I know you down. did, and I didn't bother. Um, <laughs> we've got um, Walter Flanagan. I don't really remember an awful lot about him, I've got to say. Tell him, Steve Dave. That's him. The guy who says Tell him, Steve Dave. But I know him. I know the name. Um, he's, he's done every other Kevin Smith movie. Oh, that's right. I think, and I think he might have been the producer. I think he did. I think he was more of a producer than anything else. No, that's uh, Scott Mosier. So what did he do in Clerks? I know he had more. Um, he was he was the guy sorting through the eggs. That was it. Yes. Oh, the milk. Sorry. Yeah. For the expiration, the, um, the milk for the longest expiration date. Um, who else have we got? Um, right. Yes, yeah, Scott Mosier. Again, he's in it for a heartbeat, but he's still very good. Um, you know, he's he's one of those characters who I, I will never get bored of. To be fair. Ooh, what a lovely tea party. <laughs> okay. Do you want to explain? <laughs> oh, what a lovely tea party to us then. Yes. Um. In a, in a very, very funny cameo. Uh, Diedrich Bader, please. A, a a movie studio security guard at Miramax um, who catches the by now fugitive Jane Sound Bob uh, trespassing on the studio lot and uh, Jason Muse offers him a blowjob in return in return for letting him go free. At which point he says, Not everyone in the industry is homosexual. So Jason, Jay says, "Okay, how about this? He gives me a blowjob, and, and you, you get watch. To watch. You get to watch." And he goes, "Okay, but at the end, you have to say to him, oh, what a lovely tea, tea party.'" <laughs> <laughs> and there is a documentary called "Oh, What a Lovely Tea there Party," is. and there's also a podcast. But I think I, I don't want to go too much into quotes because I don't really want to be that sort of podcast. But um, since like you brought up the Miramax security guard. Um, it's an um, Echo Base. I've got a 1007, two authorized all for us on the lot, requesting backup. I thought that was a 1082. No, sir, a 1082 is a disappearing hook, dead hooker from De- Benefit's trailer. Hold that, Affleck. What a, what a line. You know, and it's just, you know. Did you, did you get the Star Wars reference? Yes, Echo Base. Yeah. Yay! Um, You're in. You know, and again, I'm not, in fact, I'm going to come off the quotes now because. I don't want we to, will get I don't to want to sit here quoting. Shall we, um, shall we sum up and... Yeah, because I mean, how long, start have, finishing how long have we... Yeah, I mean, Jesus, we've done an hour already and we've still got another podcast to do. And that's going to be, and that is really going to be a long one. Um, okay, so summing up, I think this is an important part of the viewers' universe. As we said, it was going to be the final chapter. That was always the plan, from what I can gather. Although there was questioning what if it was the end, because as Kevin Smith pointed out, when um, when Alanis Morissette um, presents the Bible at the very end, with the words at the end, there's a bookmark in the middle of the book, so there's more chapters to the story. Yeah. That's so fucking cheesy, but it's true. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's important. I don't think everybody should watch it. I think certain people should, because I think it's fucking funny, and I think it's a very good addition to the to the universe. But it's not, it's not an essential edition. No, it's, not it's, at it's, all. It's not, it's not dogma, it's not chasing Amy. There's really no point to the point of the movie. But at the same time, I think... But at the same time, it's, it's worth watching. And, and I think you could quite easily watch it as a standalone film 
and it yeah, wouldn't be problematic. Exactly, it's the only one of the of the series that you can watch as a standalone film that doesn't really necessarily call back. Well, it, no doubt. Character references it calls back. Mm. Um, it's people like Holden McNeil, Banky, you know, Banky Evans, but you don't need to have seen the movies they were in. Yeah. To understand their roles in the, in the film. And I think maybe that's what we're learning about these films in general, about this series of films, is that they work well as a series of films, but they also work well individually. Yeah. Um, you know, if you watched, um, say, Return of the Jedi... Hang on, which one was first? Return of the Jedi, I guess right back. Empire Strikes Back was the second one, wasn't it? If you watched Empire Strikes Back hadn't seen A New Hope and didn't watch Return of the Jedi I'm not sure that would work as well as on no, its that own wouldn't, that wouldn't work because that's part of a trilogy and that, the first movie sets up the second which sets up the third yeah um, and those films are aberrations as well because it's one of it's one of the very few times you actually get such a strong trilogy where the sequel is actually better than the first one yeah um, Godfather 2 might be the only other ex- exception to that rule mm. um but these films, as you say, very enjoyable as a series, but they can be watched as standalone yeah. films. They're not necessarily, even though they're all connected to each other, they're not that deeply connected yes. that they have to be seen mm. either together in order at all or, you know, you, know, you can watch them in I pretty think, much any order. I think the only film doesn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily work on its own is Clerks 2 because if you went into Clerks 2 having known nothing about the rest of the universe you'd probably think what the, what the hell am I yeah. watching it's foul mouthed it's got barely uh, any story it just if, wouldn't work especially if you, if you went into it without seeing the original Clerks yeah the opening scene wouldn't make sense no no the, you know the, re, the way it starts in black and white mm. And we're going, going well, too far It's not black and white, but yeah, we'll, we'll cover that. But uh, it's, it starts off in black and white. It's not black and white. Okay, it's it's saturated colour. It's monochrome. Ooh. It's monochrome. It's not black and white. Oh. I'm sorry, it's not. Okay, monochrome, whatever. It's not colour, is the yeah. point. Uh, if you haven't seen the... It's black to colour. If you hadn't seen the original clerks, you, you wouldn't know, have got black white. We stop. There's a lot of paintings made of black paint. Oh, that's a bit stuffy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's hop. Let's. I think that's a good place to stop. So, thank you for listening. If you have made it this far into the podcast, you know we always say that. And well, we done. It. well done. Well um, done. We will be back with another podcast very soon. Thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing um, to this podcast and also to the Iconochromatic podcast. Um, and also please consider listening to the Asylum podcast hosted by me and Anthony. Uh, we spoke about wild things and for some reason Wicker Park on our opening episode. Uh, we're not doing another episode for a while, but we will be doing another episode, so please consider listening to that. Thank you very much and goodbye. I'll say goodbye then. Goodbye then. Thank you. You have been listening to Sunday Afternoon Cinema, which is a recorded podcast. The podcast was hosted by myself and Mike Larkin. The podcast was recorded, produced and edited by myself, Christopher Windsor. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider subscribing on iTunes or following on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.